What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Heath Mulligan Project, the podcast where we're helping you discover your purpose, your passion, and your possibilities. On this season of the podcast, we're talking about matters of the heart. We're talking about grief, faith, temptation, bondage, all these things. Right now, we're working through the book, Progressing Through Grief. And every day, we've been going through a different chapter of the book. And today, the chapter's on disbelief. You know, as a person of faith, I don't really believe in coincidences. I believe, man, God has timing for different things. And I think they're completely, un- I've seen completely unrelated things tying together. Case in point, I knew December 1st, the first week of December, I knew that I would be reading this book during this time. Like at the beginning of December of 2020, I put sat down, I went through all my books and you know, one of the, my goals for this year is to just read a lot of the books I paid for. A lot of books that I've never read that I probably would never read. I'm like, you know what? I paid for this book. I need to read it. So some of the books that I chose for this year, very specific, very targeted. Others are just like, you know, I think this would be a good book. Don't really know specifically what I'm going to get out of it, but I think it'll be good. It'll be beneficial to read. So there you go. But this one, this book I knew, it, it was targeted. Uh, because of my own journey in grief. But never did I even consider that, you know, here I am today talking about disbelief. And if you, you know, listened to the podcast yesterday uh, morning, I lost a dear friend. And I am in disbelief today. I am reading this chapter. And it is... It is just what I needed today because it doesn't seem real. Uh, My my friend passed away after a three-week battle with COVID. You know, he was in good health. You know, again, I'm in disbelief. And I don't know, some of you listening to this, uh, maybe you're going through the same thing. Maybe... You're a friend of mine and you lost the same friend. And this was, this was pretty therapeutic for me today. Cause as I read through this, you know, I not only thought about my wife, I thought about my friend, Mike, Mike Hayes. I remembered his laugh. Uh, one of the, anyway, I, this was good for me. I really encourage you to get this book. It's not a difficult book. It's not even really a book. I mean, it's more of a workbook. And it not only can help you if you're going through grief, but if you are at a good season in life. This can help you prepare yourself for grief, but it will also help you be aware of how you can help others uh, cope with their grief and and get uh, along safely in their grief journey. So there's an Amazon link there in the show notes. Highly encourage you to pick this book up. It's not very expensive. This is a book that the hospice chaplain uh, mailed to me after my wife passed away. 
it's a book that they use with, with families they're dealing with. So highly, highly, highly recommend this book. So what we're going to do is first we're going to look at disbelief. We're going to look at some signs of disbelief. Uh, then we're going to look at ways we can cope with disbelief. And then how we manage disbelief when we're dealing with others. And when others are kind of putting stuff on us, how can we deal with all that? Let me read you a quote. This is an anonymous quote from the book. Sometimes your heart needs more time to accept what your mind already knows. That is such a true statement. Disbelief of all the feelings and grief, it's one of the most relatable feelings. We've all experienced disbelief. Uh, I still, you know, when people are talking to me about my wife or, or different experiences that I've had, it's like you're like, what? I, you don't remember it happening. You have a completely different perspective of things. Uh even a loss that's expected, you know, Mike passing away was not expected. I mean, like I said, he was doing well. And 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 I think that's the I think as we look back on twenty twenty, it's a, we're all in disbelief. Even if you didn't lose anyone to COVID, twenty the whole year, I mean, our whole world right now puts us in a state of belief. Can you believe this happened? Can you believe they said this? So even when you know something's coming, you can still have disbelief. Here's the thing. Here's the good news. Uh, disbelief can really serve a good purpose. Because what disbelief does is it gives you time. It gives you time to process. And I think if I could say anything to you, if you're mourning or grieving, is that this takes time. This is, and it's different for everybody, but this is a really long process. And it is 100% worth taking every minute, taking every day, taking all the time you need to become as healthy as you can be. Grief is a part of life. Disbelief is a part of life. And the more we learn, you know, how to walk through it and work through it, uh, the better. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, part of disbelief can, disbelief can turn into denial. Okay. Denial, when you talk about the stages of grief, denial is one of those stages. Uh, here's the thing. As you're going through grief, and you even after you're past that stage of denial, oh, that didn't happen. Disbelief can still linger. Like, there are still days, you know, it's been almost two years since my wife passed away. There are still days it hits me like it's not real. So I don't, but it's it's just for a moment. It's not like, I have to like call and, and make sure, but there are still moments where it hits me. There's moments where it hits me that I'm, you know, a single dad. I will, you know, had to go 
to the doctor the other day, and they're like, well, you know, what's your marital status? And I'm like, well, I'm widowed. And, like, just hearing myself say that brings some some disbelief. Uh, some of the things that happen, you know, um, sometimes the shocking event can can be so real that we just kind of continue like nothing happened. I still sleep on the same side of the bed. Um, matter of fact, you know, I really thought about just getting like a twin mattress or something, but I really like my Casper mattress, but I still sleep on the same side of the bed as I did when, um, Karen was alive. Uh, sometimes you, you know, we, we we expect that they're going to walk through the door. Sometimes we still call out to the person. Um, one of the very important things in your grief journey is you need to experience the rituals of loss and not experiencing those rituals, not going through all the things can reinforce your disbelief. I think that's another thing coming out of the COVID pandemic. So many people weren't able to experience any of the rituals of grief. They weren't able to have a receiving of friends. They weren't able to have a memorial service. They weren't able to be with their friends. They weren't able to have a meal. They weren't able to do the things that we normally associate with with loss and death. And it's it, it there's long term damage that's gonna uh, come from that. Uh, sometimes when you're going through disbelief, you're in such shock, your brain can't process stuff. Uh, I know. Listen, I got ADD anyway, so there's a lot of times people can be talking to me and I am zoned out, and that's what disbelief will do to you as well. You it, that moment of disbelief hits you and you get caught up in it and your brain starts going and people could be talking to you and you might as well be on another planet. Uh, some people, uh, with, when they're dealing with disbelief, they start bargaining. They you know they start make trying to make a deal with God. Well, you know what, God, if I do this, you know, bring them back or, or whatever, or even you know as, you know as my wife was sick, man, I, I made a lot of bargains. And that's part of disbelief. You you can't believe your loved one's sick. You can't believe your loved one is, is dying. For your disbelief to diminish, <clears throat> it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of patience. Don't beat yourself up. Don't. I mean, that's one of the best gifts I've given myself is when I have one of those moments where I'm driving, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Karen, Karen, Karen's really gone. I don't then look in the mirror and be like, Heath, you're a moron. How stupid of you. How do you, how can you not know? Um, it's just a hard, hard thing. So let me read, you know, the author list. Uh, what does disbelief look or feel like? Let me read some of the things off this list. Again, not going to read the whole list because I want you to go buy the book and experience this for yourself. Number uh, for one of the ones feeling shocked, numb, dazed, stunned, or confused. Absolutely, avoidance, one hundred percent. I'm going to be honest and be transparent with you. When Karen passed away, 
I, there were two playlists on Apple Music. One was just songs that she liked, and then the other one was the music we actually used for her memorial service. Uh, we made a um, you know slideshow, and it was just all the songs. It was some of her favorite songs, some gospel songs, some rock songs, and and I have not listened to either of those playlists in two years. There are some songs on there that are some of my favorite, favorite songs ever. There's a couple of Hootie and the Blowfish songs. There's some Johnny Cash songs. Man, that I haven't listened to in two years. And you know what? I might need to be intentional and, and stop avoiding that because I enjoy those songs. I enjoy remembering Karen. Maybe I'll do that today. Uh, sometimes disbelief looks like disorganized thinking. Can't think straight. Uh, you're inattentive. You don't pay attention to the details. Um, you believe, sometimes you believe that people are lying to you. You know, they're trying to get you to take some steps. Maybe you got to make some decisions and you're like, why are y'all making me, what's wrong with y'all? Um, sometimes you feel like you, you see or hear your loved one. I mean, disbelief takes on a lot of different forms. So what are some things we can do to cope with disbelief? When, you, when you're dealing with disbelief, you want to do some things that ground you, that really kind of just get you back to reality. And disbelief, even, you know, for me right now, it's just a momentary thing. But for a lot of people, it's a lot deeper. It's a lot stronger. And it's a, it's a lot more harmful because disbelief can actually keep you from moving on with your life and doing the things that you need to be doing. So here's some ways you can cope. Again, not going to read the whole list, just some ones that I really liked. Uh, first, this was maybe the most important. I mentioned this before. You need to participate in all the rituals associated with the loss. You need to be given the opportunity to say goodbye. I think that's very, very important. Sometimes the circumstances of the situation, you know, if your loved one died in a sudden car wreck and you don't know what your last conversation with them or your last conversation with them was not a good thing. Or Again, with, with COVID, a lot of us have lost loved ones that we're separated from. We can't see them. We can't be with them. And there's just, man, that's just a devastating thing. And it's okay to feel devastated about that. It's, I mean, I, so it's so important. You have to do everything you got to do to say goodbye. Whatever rituals you need to do, you got to go through all of those. Uh, you could create a scrapbook of the person's life uh, from their birth till their death. And just remember their, their whole life. You could pray for strength, comfort, and clarity. Again, very important. Journal about the things you're going to miss most about the person. That's part of this chapter, uh, part of the journaling. Uh, the the author, man, she does a great job of just kind of putting a thought-provoking statement. So, like, the journal in this chapter was, when I think about you, I think, and then you wrote a bunch of, I wrote a bunch of stuff. Uh, here's one that I wouldn't normally think about, but this makes so much sense, is reconnect with nature and the earth. 
Like sit in the grass, feel the grass. Uh, go to the beach and spend time listening to the beach. Man, just go sit on a park bench and watch the squirrels. Go for a walk out in the woods. Man, go for a hike, but experience nature. Uh, it's very. I had not thought about that. I'm not an outdoorsy type person. I love, I absolutely 100% love the beach. I love driving in the mountains. Not much of a hiker. Um, but I know that for me, once Karen passed away, I really wanted to get to the beach. Uh, and maybe that's because our last, her last couple years where she could, we went to the beach as a family and, and had a really good vacation. Uh, so what about when we're dealing with other people? Sometimes when you're dealing with disbelief, it's almost like people become lawyers and they're trying to build the case for you to prove to you that the person's gone. They, they feel like it's their responsibility to make you believe. They feel like it's their responsibility to pull you out of this season of disbelief. And when they do that, sometimes people can get really aggressive because they think something's wrong with you. They think you're being stupid. They don't understand that disbelief is a part of grief. They don't understand it's part of it. Now, there might be times where our disbelief causes us to be, it can lead to delusions. It can lead to us doing things that are harmful. And it might take a friend or a family member to be pretty upfront with us, pretty stern with us to keep us from harming ourselves or making, you know, a foolish, foolish decision. But sometimes it's hard to deal with people like that. They, they don't empathize with what you're going through. They just want you to move on. They just want you to feel better. And they think that getting out that, getting out of disbelief as fast as you can will make you feel better. When, as I said at the very beginning, Disbelief can be part of the healing process. Disbelief is our mind's way of giving us time to say goodbye, giving us time to mourn, giving us time to grieve. It may be not just a sense of disbelief, but the sense of grief that you're not able to handle all your responsibilities. Uh, you know, Grief, man, it causes, it just saps all your energy. You may not have that energy to do the things you want to do, whether it's at home or at work. And people might get frustrated with you. Oh, you know what? Heath, you didn't take the trash out. What's the matter with you? What are you, what are you doing? So it's very important to say to people. I, I remember, you know, during a lot of my depression and grief, really before my wife passed away, I mean, our grief journey did not start just when she passed away, our grief journey was the three, four years as she was declining. But I remember I would, I would bring my kids into the bedroom, like when I couldn't get out of bed, and I would say to them, I would tell them, hey, today I can't do this and this, but I, but I can do this, and if you need this, you come wake me up. And then I'll get up, I'm getting up at this time and I'm going to, I'll fix food or whatever. But these are the things I need y'all to handle today. That's very important. If you need help, whether it's at work, 
If you need one of your coworkers to maybe pick up a little bit of slack because of what you're going through, you just have to communicate with them. Again, man, communication is so important. And when you can, you're able to kind of express your feelings and you express how, man, I'm feeling like this, man, I'm going through this disbelief and it's, 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 it's really hurting me. Can you can you help me? Right now, I'm not able to do this. I mean, I'm, I'm not thinking straight enough to finish this task. Can you help me with that? Again, it's all about communication. And you just tell people, you know what? I can't deal with this today. I can't deal with this right now. And if it's like, hey, this has got to be handled today, then you gotta you got to call in the troops. And you just got to get the people you need to help you uh, get it done. And sometimes it's... um. Sometimes just for, you know, a season, um, you know, you just have to say, hey, right now you, you're making, I don't want to make any decisions right now. I've, I've seen this before. Uh, I was very blessed um, as, as my wife, uh, you know, probably the last week uh, of her life. Uh, her family came down, her two sisters and her mom and her brother. And I was very grateful to to have uh, her sisters, her family there to help walk through. And I didn't, there was so many decisions. You know, when I go, when I went to the funeral home and talking to them, I didn't, I didn't have to, I didn't have to make that, those decisions by myself. And I'm forever grateful for that, forever grateful. Um, and, and you just have to surround yourself with good people and you, and that's why building relationships in life is so important is for these hard times. You got to have friends that'll laugh loud with you and you got to have friends that'll sit and cry with you and you got to have friends who are good enough to know when they need to let you sit there and cry. And you also need friends who have that discernment to know when it's time to come and pat you on the back. Like, all right, okay. I think I think we need to get moving. And I've been very blessed in, in all of those areas. I think, as I mentioned before, I think we live in a, almost a state of disbelief in our world now. Pretty much every day you're guaranteed somebody's going to, uh, you know, whether it's um, political things or the pandemic or whatever, pretty much every day we're dealing with some sort of disbelief. And... There's so much pain and loss. I think about I think about my friend who's no longer with us. And I'm so grateful for the hope of heaven. So grateful that... Uh, I'm so grateful for the peace I have in my heart. Even though I don't... It's hard to believe it happened. You know, right now I have a... There's a sense of peace... So learning these skills, learning that disbelief is okay, not beating yourself up about it, learning how to walk through it, learning how to 
you know, get through it and, and eventually move beyond it as a, you know, 24-7 thing again, man. There's likely on my way home from work today that I'm going to have a moment of disbelief that that my wife's gone. Uh, it happens. So my prayer for you is that you would have some good things in your life, things that you do believe in, whether it's you know faith, uh, faith in God, or the people around you. But you would have a grounding belief that would sustain you through a season of disbelief. In in a season where. You're just in shock and there's certain things you can't believe and you can't cope with that you will have just this foundation, this foundation in your life that'll keep you from drifting away. A faith that'll be an anchor because disbelief wants to chase the rabbits. Disbelief wants to go down a lot of trails that we don't need to go down sometimes. So I would love to hear from you. If you're listening to this and, and this is something you're struggling with, you can email me at heath.mulliken at gmail.com. Uh, you can also, I encourage you to join the Facebook group, the Heath Mulliken Project. It's where we're talking about these things. and we're, we're talking about how can we get healthy, how can we grow uh, right now I'm reading a book called Grow Into Your Dreams by Steve Moore. And really great book, but talking about personal growth and developing a personal growth plan and uh, really excited to apply some of those things to my life as I really, man, just really get laser focused on personal growth. And part of that personal growth for me is continuing to progress uh, through my grief, uh, it might be a lifelong journey for me going through some of these stages of grief. Uh, you know, counselors say that uh, the loss of a, a loved one, a spouse, or a parent, or a child uh, is the number one, uh, like the number one worst thing you can go through. And, uh, you know, yeah, so I'm just taking my time, but I want to. I want to grow from it, I want to learn from it, and that's what I want for you too. So, again, the book is Progressing Through Grief. Uh, pick it up on Amazon, highly recommend it. Uh, whatever I can do for you, that's what I want to do. My prayer for you today, man, is that God would just give you peace no matter what you're going through. Uh, and if, you, if, if you've lost a loved one, man, that he would, he would bring back just good memories good times uh, and you would have fond memories of them and you would be able uh, to experience the joy that you would sense the joy that you had when they were there with you and that would be not a sad thing but a but an amazing thing an amazing thing that you would be grateful for the time that you had with them that's what I've been doing these last 24 hours I've just been thinking about 
the the br- very brief time like Mike and I were only close for the last six months. We knew each other. We were acquaintances, but we really got close these last six months. And I'm so grateful for that. I can't imagine. I can't imagine if I had not had that time. Uh, I'm a better man just for knowing him in that brief amount of time. We we talked about such a man a broad range of topics. And man, from from politics to faith to to law enforcement uh, to wrestling and uh, to so man, he was just a good man, and I'm very grateful for the time I got to spend with him. And I'm very grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this podcast. And my prayer is that it plants seeds in your life that bear really, really amazing fruit. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you soon.